This is the ASU Pick 6 Podcast with Doug Haller and Jeff Metcalf. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and download the ASU Extra app on the Apple App Store and Google Play for in-depth coverage all season long. All right, welcome to the ASU Pick 6 Podcast. It is almost July. It's a quiet period, but like everyone else, uh, we felt like we had to launch a podcast and talk about the LeBron James free agency. Okay, um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, maybe not, maybe not. I'm sure you guys have overdosed on that uh, so far. Um, how are you guys doing? I'm Doug Haller. Jeff Metcalf is with me. Jeff just got back from the great Midwest uh, visiting your family, correct? Yeah, so one day I ran there and it was 80 and I think 73% humidity. I heard it was nasty. Very uncomfortable. I came back here and the first day back I ran 105 and 9% humidity. So actually to me, the running here felt better. (laughs) Now maybe it's just what you're used to, but I mean when that 73% humidity just it's a killer it's a killer yeah Yeah. i um just before jeff left town i went to uh my family we went to the beach and uh right in oceanside california right outside san diego when we left jeff it we we left wednesday afternoon about three o'clock after we finished up with work it was 111 in phoenix we arrived in oceanside that night it was 66 so (laughs) i'm like that is amazing that we dropped uh that far in temperature but you know it's so nice as we i think we discussed on our last podcast just to get away a little bit during the summer but what, what what was did you went to the beach right yeah you took your kids to the beach what was that like it was uh, nerve wracking as a father because <laughs> you know you keep like I feel like I spend the entire time like waving them to come back in closer to uh, uh, the beach but uh, it was fun it was actually great because uh, it was kind of overcast there every day so we didn't really have to worry about getting too much sun and uh, it, it was just relaxing we stayed at my wife's sister's house which and she lives like a block from from the from a beach or at least the ocean so it was like get up every morning walk down uh, take a walk on the beach and just kind of plan our day from there it was it was really fun so Uh, i have to get some beach time in i went to hawaii last summer um big trip that we had planned for a long time but if i go a whole summer and i don't go to the beach it feels like like a wasted (laughs) thing (laughs) so somewhere here in the next month before football practice starts i've got at least hit somewhere over there in the California, yeah. on the California coast. We're actually maybe talking about going back one last time before the craziness hits. And really, we're getting close to things getting underway. Uh, you know, July is pretty much, uh, you know, things start ramping up a little bit. You know, Pac-12 Media Day will be, I think, July 24th in, in uh, Hollywood. And, of course, I think we mentioned last time that Manny Wilkins and Akil Harry will be there along with Herm Edwards. And then not too much longer after that, things will get moving. Uh, but there are some things, as slow as it is at this time of year, there are some things that we wanted to discuss. Um, one, recruiting, and, and we'll get to that on the back half of this podcast. Uh, ASU has started to, to get some commitments after kind of a slow start. Um, and then also, Jeff and I went and sat down. It was, it was over a month ago now, right, I think? It's been uh, several weeks. Yeah, yeah. With, with Ray Anderson and kind of got a state of the union type discussion underway. I think we were there for maybe an hour or so. But one of the things that was really interesting that came out of our discussion, we really haven't written much about it yet. Jeff mentioned it, uh, I I believe, in one of his stories. We've written several stories on our conversations uh, based on our conversations with Ray. It's just all the changes that they're going to do to Camp Tanazona. Now, we've written about that, that they're getting a, a turf field, and that is in the process 
Uh, Ray said it would be done at the end of June. I checked on that this past week, and I, and I was told that it was still um, a little, they're a little bit behind, and it's not going to be quite done then. But that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg with what they're planning on, what their vision for Camp Tanazona is. Uh, I, I heard, and, and ASU even announced that they were going to do some, this is only phase one of a major kind of renovation project. But for, we saw, just as we were leaving the interview with Ray, Ray showed us what, what this might look like. I was pretty floored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it would be up in the area, up above the hill where the spectators mm -hmm. sit. And from what we were shown, a rendering, um, it looked like a lodge. I don't know if you'd go that far to call it a lodge, but <laughs> no, I, I think that's a good word for it. It, um, you know, it almost kind of looked like it, it had suites kind of overlooking the field, right. uh, which I'm sure they're going to use to, you know, to lure boosters down. Uh, but it kind of looked like definitely like a deck type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, and I think people can stand up there when they're right watching now. I, I think both of us got the impression this was not just for football. They, they have additional uses of Camp Tonazona for other athletic teams and other university um, groups and whatnot. Yeah. And Ray, I think this is planned to be part of that. Yeah. Ray said that, I mean, the, the, the end game here is that Camp Tonazona is not just going to be the getaway for football. It's going to be getaway, a getaway retreat. Um, not, obviously, I don't think they could do it for basketball or volleyball or anything like that, but anything that's outdoors, soccer, uh, things like that, that they would go up there to, you know, to get away, to do team bonding stuff. Um, and that definitely came across. And, and it looked like, from what I saw, you know, people go to Camp Town Zone to watch, and, you know, you're kind of sitting on that hill. There's trees. It looked like they're clearing all that stuff out, and it mm -hmm. looked like there was actually seating going up the hill, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure about that. I was more struck by the, what was up above. I, yeah. I didn't quite get the whole visual on the, it, it looked like, on the hill on the hillside. Yeah, it looked kind of like cement seating going down the hill, but definitely the trees and everything that had been there before were clear mm -hmm. uh, because obviously you need the, you know, the sight lines. But, you know, and I think in addition to that, you couldn't really see, but, I mean, they've been talking about upgrading the the where the players stay, the cabins there for a long time, so I think that'll be part of it. The field itself is, is not going to be just – you know, the length of the football field, like it has been in the past, it's actually right. going to extend farther toward um, where they had like that medical tent. Right. And, and wider as well. And I, wider as yeah. well. So I think uh, Ray said that that's the first thing you'll be struck by is how much bigger the field looks to you visually right. than it did before. Yeah. So, I mean, it, when you think about, and, you know, we talked a little bit about what they're doing as far as, you know, finishing up Sun Devil Stadium you know, the, uh, the construction of a hockey facility, um, the renovation of Wells Fargo Arena, which he said it would begin, what, in 2019 or 19? Yeah, so after the first of the year, um, it's still a little bit vague to me, but I think at the latest, at the end of the basketball seasons, they'll be, they'll be working on Wells Fargo. Now, it's possible that some of the preliminary work could begin even earlier in 2019, but... He did say that the basketball teams are not going to play elsewhere, right. and I thought that was interesting because that seemed to be a, a little bit of an unknown when the project was initially announced. Well, what's going to happen? Right, right. <laughs> but he said that he did not want to, quote-unquote, evict anybody. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, on the women's basketball side of things, um, that's important in the postseason too because <clears throat> if they're – a top 16 ranked team, they can actually host the first right. two rounds of the postseason. And so you don't want to take that opportunity away from them. 
Um, and, and from the men's side of it, actually, <laughs> coming off the year that they came off with, I believe, the highest average attendance in school history, yep. you, you don't want, you don't want no, to be no, slowing no, that no. momentum down either. Yeah, uh, I have seen some, some renderings of, of, of what Wells Fargo Arena might look like. Uh, at the time I saw them, I did not get the impression that, that they had settled on that, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But, um, you know, it, it did look pretty sharp. But, you know, I was just – my point was, is just, you know, Sun Devil Stadium, you know, the, all the facilities, facility changes that, that they have going on there, they have a lot up in the air right now. Well, that's true. And, um, you know, I don't think that most people understand the magnitude of the athletic district right. um, that's coming either. They, they know about that they're building the multi-purpose hockey arena. They're going to renovate Wells Fargo. And obviously everybody knows about the football stadium. But <laughs> there's much that's going to happen all the way up and down Rural Road uh, yeah. bet between University and Rio Salado on both sides. The golf course coming out, uh, tennis, track are going to move to the other side of Rural. There's eventually going to be a lacrosse field over there. Um, the uh, football team will have a new field house uh, on, on uh, the north side of Sun, Sun Devil Stadium, close to where the new football uh training building is yeah. was, so that'll I, eliminate all the moving back and forth on rural road anyway all that's coming yeah i was going to mention that I, I apologize for interrupting but i was going to mention the field house you know what jeff means by that is the bubble where it is right now across the street over by the kajikawa uh practice fields they are moving that which will be behind i guess it'd be on the north side of sun devil, sun devil stadium um except it won't be a bubble yeah, <laughs> Jeff asked Ray, he goes, so will it just be a bubble? And he just kind of went, no, we're not doing a bubble. You know, he's like, we're not going cheap with this. You know, he said it would be more like a field house, uh, maybe kind of like what Colorado has done. Then Colorado have one. Does Washington have a field house? Mm, I don't think they do. I don't sure, think they do. Yeah. Um, but again, but, I think what's the, what's the commonality in all this is the multipurpose use of all right, these facilities. Yeah. The 365 Sun Devil Stadium concept. The multi-use building with the hockey with hockey for other Olympic sports. That's the same thing they're looking for with the field house that they have more than they would with the bubble. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to think like right now what all this will look like in five years. It'll oh, be yeah. it'll be totally different. Um, you know, it's kind of an exciting time for ASU athletics right now yeah. as they're getting all of this in place. And I think sometimes we get caught up, um, <laughs> you know, where we are right now and. And maybe the vision gets lost a little bit, but they are doing. I mean, I'll give them credit. I mean, they've. They're. I've said it before. They're maxing it out. You know, they're yeah. they're going to see what they can get. Um, well, Ray joked about um, a saying that he stole from Rocky Harris, who was his former chief of staff, which was, "If you move us, you improve us." <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and what he meant by that is, you know, if we're because of what's happening in, it's actually called the Novus Innova Innovation Corridor now. That's the athletic district that everybody's been talking about for a long time now, these 330 acres that are basically being marketed and sold to people that want to use this property for various reasons along Rural Road. I always say it's along Rural Road. Um, but anyway, um, so if you want that chunk of land where the Whiteman Tennis Center is, we're going to give a better, a better right, tennis right. center on the other side. And, you know, we've got kind of an older track facility, well, we're going to have a better track facility on the other side. So that's kind of the attitude that they're taking in the athletic department uh, about these changes that are coming. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to comment on our, 
on our Ray Anderson conversation was uh, I got an email from a guy because I wrote a story about just what how Ray views the basketball program. Um, I thought the the newsy things that came out of it is one the wall that they put up at the top that's done. <laughs> um, Ray said it's not coming back on my watch. Um, secondly, they're not doing you know if they're doing if they're going to engage in scheduling talks with any big time schools, uh, it's not going to be. You know, we'll play at your place, and then we have to play some exotic location like the Bahamas, like they did with Kentucky. It's going to be home and home. Uh, we're not doing that anymore. And But a guy emailed me and wanted to know, like, why do you keep asking Ray Anderson and Michael Crow about Bobby Hurley's behavior toward officials? And I, I just wanted to point out, uh, <laughs> I did ask Michael Crow that question, because you don't get an audience with Michael Crow very often. So I asked him, we, we, <laughs> we asked him everything possible um, that we could ask him. Ray Anderson said what he said, and he goes, Bobby is a young coach. I mean, he, he, he thinks Bobby's doing a great job, uh, obviously. And, you know, he just said, uh, we talked about his extension. He goes, now Bobby's a young coach, and he has to improve on, uh, you know, his behavior with the officials. And he said sometimes players, you know, he, he, volunteered, he, he volunteered that. Yeah, I don't think we even brought it up. No, we really. didn't bring it up. He volunteered that. And, of course, when, some, when AD says something like that, then it, it is newsworthy. Right. Uh, but – the larger point that when we did spend a lot of time talking about this is he expects, and we talked about this with the Michael, during the Michael Crow interview, that at ASU they want their coaches not to walk around thinking they know everything, that they want to be coached. And I don't know if we really – I'm sure we did talk about this on a, on a previous podcast, but it seems <laughs> they have made it clear, I think, in my opinion, maybe you'll disagree, that Ty Graham was not always willing to be coached when he was at ASU. Yeah, I I think they've I think <laughs> now now what Todd's si side of that would be maybe he feels like he did come around in some areas but I think they feel like there was resistance and um, so what can you say I mean yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, I don't I mean, I mean I we, there's the new coach and and maybe that was part of it so I'm I'm sure that was something when they included every single thing about why do we want to make a coaching change right that was probably part. Yeah. Of the decision-making process. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was the reason they got rid of Todd. But I think, I think they found it irritating. And, and I do think he knew that his relationship with Herm Edwards, going, you know, when you talk about the new coach, he was comfortable that their working relationship would be perhaps better than than what he had with Todd. I, I just think he knew from his years of being Herm's agent. This, just their long relationship and the way that the two interact. Right, right. I think he felt comfortable with, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be happier working with this guy. I do, I do believe that. Right, yeah. And I'm not trying to go back and dig up all that stuff. I mean, it, we're six months past that now, but I, I just thought it was kind of a theme of our conversation with, mm -hmm. with Ray. He did spend a lot of time talking about how that is their expectation at ASU that, you know, Ray, Ray, is, Ray feels like he has a lot to offer. Um, as a, and with with all of his experience in the NFL and everything that he's done, he feels like he has a lot to offer um, coaches in every sport for the most part. Was there anything else, Jeff, that came out of that meeting that you think we should discuss? I mean, I think those are the main points. Well, yeah, I think so. I, I actually think this has been kind of a break. Now, people would disagree with me on this because baseball is still not. <laughs> oh, Jeff, where, you're going to walk down the th – okay, go ahead. Where it needs to be. But I think in a lot of ways, this was a bit of a breakthrough season, uh, breakthrough school year in Ray's tenure. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. I think they made, I think some of the changes that they've been made that they've been hoping are going to pay off are finally starting to pay off. Um, and I, we, we still are unsure exactly what's going to happen with football, but I think the early indications are that they've got a chance with this. We talked about this some in our last podcast. I mean, um, some of the changing national perception is going that direction. But just from what I've seen locally, all the way from the start of his hiring through spring till now, um, and this might lead into what we want to talk about recruiting with, but I just, I, I'm getting a good vibe on on where they are. Now, is that going to pay off with a tough schedule right away in the first year? I mean, are you going to have a Dennis Erickson breakthrough year in the first year? I'm not convinced of that at all. I mean, I, it could be a losing season. You know, maybe 500 is the best you can hope for. But big picture, I kind of like what I'm seeing out of football. Yeah, there, there is some momentum nationally. Uh, if that's important to you, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think making a bowl next year is a good season. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I, I mean, I, I just think, you know, we talked a lot about last year's schedule and how difficult it was. And they actually negotiated it better than well. almost anybody could have hoped, yeah. you know. Then you look at this year's schedule and you go, that's at least as tough as last year's schedule. When <laughs> yeah. you... Well, it's just so rough right out of the gates. I mean, they're, they're, it's going to be hard for them to find their footing. I mean, and when court... you include the games that are on the road now that yeah. maybe they had at home and you throw Michigan State in there and an away game at San Diego State, I mean, you've got some real challenges there. Yeah. But you've also got the honeymoon period. And, you know, I, 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 I think in a lot of cases people don't know what to expect. So – Maybe that lowers expectations <laughs> because you're not going to go out there, you know, maybe necessarily ripping them right and left for every little thing because you just don't know. When, when does the honeymoon period actually end? I never, really, I'm really never really sure about that. I would, I would say in this case, I would say in this case they're going to get one year and maybe they'll get two. Wow, I don't think man. anybody gets more than that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if people are that patient anymore. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and I think. I think they give them one season, though, don't you? I mean, one season to I, I kind of figure so. it out. I, I mean, that's where I think when Ray set out, uh, you know, his expectations for his, the program, you know, I, I just people are going to hold him, hold him to that, and yeah. and that's why I mean, I think I think getting to a bowl game this year would be a good season. Oh yeah, and and you know, we're also spending a lot of time talking about well, they have a defense that has some personnel issues anyway now they're you know they haven't had a chance to recruit to this three three five scheme that they're playing so and they're going to throw it out there are they ready to do that you know we, we've talked a lot about that but they also have a, a three-year starter at quarterback returning they have one of the best receivers in the country uh they have an offensive line that should be better now granted yeah. they gave up a lot of sacks last year right. <laughs> 124th nationally so you know kyle williams we I mean, we, sh we should really devote an entire podcast to Kyle Williams right. because we always talk about Nikhil, not Kyle. So they, they do have some pretty, you know, Karan Crump's coming back. They have some yeah. things to be excited about. But, you know, that schedule is, is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, and a new offensive coordinator, we don't know exactly how is, how is that going to play out. You know, not, you've got your new head coach, yeah, but you've got your new OC too. Yeah. And, you know, of course you have your new, new defensive coordinator with the changing system, but – when you just talk about, well, we've got some nice offensive pieces, you do, but how does that mesh with the new offensive coordinator? Right. I think that that's a big question that we're, we're going to have to see how that plays out. Yeah, as, as, as reporter. Although he was here last year, but he wasn't in that 
he wasn't in that. Everybody has capacity. his own ideas. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think even, I mean, even when they brought Billy Napier and they said things were going to be, you know, similar terminology and all that, it was different. Yeah. Um, and it will continue to be different. Um, as a reporter, I, I kind of love it because you know I think there's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot of interest, yeah. not only locally but nationally, in how all this works. Um, let, let's let's shift to recruiting a little bit and. You know, things have picked up for a while. ASU was really, really quiet. Uh, things changed quickly. They have eight commitments now, uh, at least eight public commitments. And I don't know if we've ever explained that, but I think we did. But sometimes people say we're going to commit on a certain date. We want to mm -hmm. keep it quiet. So, um, But eight, eight since the last time we did our last podcast. So we did our last podcast right after we had talked to the new recording uh, right. director of uh, player personnel, Al Luganville, mm -hmm. they had none. <laughs> you know, these, these are all eight in one month. And, you know, that's a, that's a large number for, for anybody, really, to have. Now, I don't remember that many for ASU in a June period. Maybe you do. but No, I, it's been – I'm pretty sure it's, 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 it's in the recruiting service era anyway, uh, which goes back to, it, to early 2000s. Uh, it's probably the highest for ASU over a certain month. Um, the lesson here is never freak out <laughs> about recruiting, uh, in the summer months because it's a, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of time and a lot can happen quickly. The, the question I get from readers, Jeff, and I've gotten it a lot is, you know, where are the four and five star recruits that right. we were promised? Uh, you know, and Ray Anderson said, you know, we need to elevate, we need to recruit better. Um, and I think is, is, I mean, I don't think Ray's all looking into the star rankings and all that. I think his point was just we need to bring in better players. We need to evaluate better. Um, the, I understand why fans are asking about that, but I think that's why they were really smart. ASU as a program, maybe it was Mark Brand's idea in media relations to throw out, invite us in to talk to Al Luganbill and have him say, and I'll give him credit for his honesty, look, we're behind on 2019. Right. We're in good shape for 2020. We're in great shape for 2021. But we did not have a chance to build relationships with the top guys in the 2019 class. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. Yeah. Well, I think on uh, 247 Sports, I think all eight are ranked as three-star, uh, three stars. Now, Luganville said when we met with him, you know, made it very clear that he's not – he's hung up on his evaluations. Right. And the staff evaluation is not on the stars, so take that for what it's worth. But um, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how that works. If you have the four and five stars, you tout that. Yes, yeah. you, you right, let everybody right. know. If you don't have it, then none of it matters. Go right, ahead. Go ahead. Right. Right. Um, but I, th I do think there's a there's something in these eight guys that shows we're convinced these are guys that we want for one reason or another. You know, I think. That, that's the impression that I've gotten out of this group. We're, we're going to commit to these guys, and they're going to commit to us, and that's because we're comfortable with our evaluation process and that we want them to be part of our program. Now, what does that lead to? You've got to have the development piece. If they're honestly three-star guys, but these are the kind of guys that you want, you've got you to bring them in here and develop them. I think there's four of them from Arizona. They've talked about they do want to be active and and, and you know, circle the wagons around the state as much as they can. So I think that's a good sign. There's two offensive linemen. They've talked about the importance of bringing offensive linemen in. So, and, and they brought in two quarterbacks, and they talked about 
wanting to bring in quarterbacks <laughs> because now they're short on quarterbacks due to transfers. So, um, I mean, I think a lot of what they're what they're saying is being reflected in what we're seeing. And as far as the caliber of guys, well, we'll just have to see what the reality of it is when they get here. Yeah, th this is where I think recruiters really uh, evaluators really make their money because you know, of course, everyone wants the four and five star kids. Who wouldn't? Um, but there are three-star kids who end up playing in the NFL. I mean, there are three-star kids who, I mean, Taylor, everyone knows about Taylor Kelly. He was a two-star kid. I mean, there are guys who are, you know, three-star kids who end up uh, being multi-year starters in the Pac-12. You just have to find those kids. You have to yeah. know, you know, you have to, you know, find those kids with the chips on their shoulders that they're, you know, upset that they're three stars. Um, you know, and, and I think there, that goes a lot. And I, you've heard this, this group of coaches talk about they want um, – multi-sport athletes well you're seeing that in this class mm -hmm. um you know a lot of them do very well in the classroom so all these things i think factor into it i understand no one really wants you know a three-star kid with 4.0 out there um who can't make a tackle <laughs> you know right, right. but we'll we'll see i mean i know they're two quarterback two quarterbacks ethan long and joey yellen um i know they they think they've got something with those two guys um you know, and, and you listen, you, you hear things from time to time, and you can kind of tell. But, you know, they, they, they feel like those two guys, they got, they got something with them. And we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. And you, you also were told, um, you know, that they're going to start, you know, recruiting size up front. Well, so far so good. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the local kids, I mean, you know, Andre Johnson was a guy, the, the receiver – um, from Tolleson didn't have a lot of offer. I think ASU is his only offer, as a matter of fact. But, you know, that's kind of a, a diamond in the rough type kid. I think Rivals only has him as a two-star. But good size. So, you know, maybe maybe he develops into something. Yeah. Maybe Some guys just develop later. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that goes back to their um, evaluations. You know, if we think this is a legitimate guy, we don't care who else has offered him. Right. We don't care what his star rating is. <laughs> you know, and we're going to offer him, and if we get him, we're going to be glad we got him. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. and until until this group gets in here, let's say with, uh, it, I'm sure it's going to end up being, you know, close to 25 when it's all said and done. Then we'll see. Okay, yeah. is this working or not? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of the whole philosophy of the, of the football program now. I mean, Ray Anderson <laughs> made it put the guy in charge, Herm Edwards, saying like, I know this isn't going to be popular, but this guy, I believe, is going to do the best job. Um, I, we're talking about any recruits, especially even before they sign when they're just committed, always makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I, I, I just don't like because uh, you just don't know. I mean, everyone has a highlight tape and everyone. Uh, looks like a star and I remember to this day talking about a guy with Mike Norvell and who he had a great this kid had a great I'm not going to name him because he's still on the roster but he had a great highlight tape and Mike Norvell said this kid's going to be something special and it hasn't worked out I mean you, I mean even the guys who are really good at this it, it's right it's, it's really hard to predict who's going to work out and who doesn't even this even the star system and I, I don't know I think we've talked about it with Blake Barnett I mean he got that five star attached to him Right. And it has not left him. <laughs> I mean, it's well, that's true too. Um, and uh, you know, let's be honest. ASU's not, at least at this point, they're not in a position to fill a roster with four and five star guys. No. They're going to get an occasional Nikhil Harry, um, Chase Lucas. I'm not sure what his star rating was, but they're going to get some of these guys that are kind of above 
average elite type guys, but th they're not going to get a ton of them. You know, they're just not in position to do it right now. Yeah, I've always thought that, and I, I think I've said this before, that if you're in the ball game with a five-star kid from L.A., if he has a USC offer or U, or on a smaller scale UCLA offer, I think they're going to I mean, definitely lean toward USC over yeah. ASU almost every time because it's just such a difficult thing. They grow up wanting to play in the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, that's difficult. Now the in-state kids who are f five stars, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you need to you need to keep the talented in-state kids. I think at home, and and, and maybe so. that'll change going forward. I mean, that's certainly I think what Anderson, but that's more of a long of a, a longer build. That's not going to happen immediately, like you mentioned with this group. And so, you get the guys you feel comfortable with. You you trust your instincts and evaluations. Then you get in there with this coaching staff. And you go to work with them. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of on you. These are your guys. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you, you're going to have to develop them. Yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, from what I've been hearing, you will, there probably will be um, at least one commitment coming here uh, within the next week or so. I'm fairly sure. We'll have to wait and see. Sometimes these things change. But uh, that will continue probably over the summer. Um, you know, if, if you're on – I know you guys are online and social media. You, you've seen – at least I've noticed kind of an increase in what – you know, Antonio Pierce is really good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and as far as what – how they communicate on uh, social media and, you know, you know, Al Luganville talked about that. It's like you can't yeah. send these kids an email anymore because they, they're not reading it. Right. So this is how they communicate, and this is, this is recruiting today. So – well, and they're sending out messages to the fans, too, yeah. through social media more than they ever have before, you know, that, that here's where we are, here's what we're looking, we're out there. They right. want people to know we're out there, Yeah. you know, and um, they'll even give you little hints about somebody's coming, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look, look, for, look for another commitment, yeah. you know, which, which it, you know, Todd was doing some at the end, too. So. Right. Well, it's funny how all that's changed because at, at first, and I know the rules have changed a little bit about what they're allowed to retweet and all that. Uh, but, you know, for a while, I mean, coaches and universities and programs, they were scared to death to even acknowledge, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, publicly anyway. So it has changed a lot. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it, this year I think is, you know, I'm willing to, uh, I don't want to say give them a pass. I think that it's really important that they put together a good recruiting class. I'll be really interested to see how they can, you know, if they can find the right guys that fit what they're trying to do. But, you know, 2020 to me is when they're on the clock. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Herm Edwards, we've sat down with him enough. We know how personable he is, how charming he can be, um, how likable he is. So 2020 is where I, I want to see if that starts to make a difference in, you know, a higher level recruit. And I think that's where a lot of people should start, you know, to wait a little bit, be patient a little bit to start applying that. Yeah. Well, well there's your honeymoon. There's your honeymoon period right <laughs> there. there. That's that's when the honeymoon ends, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Yeah. If you guys, yeah, get, if you get a chance, and some of you guys are pretty good about this, let me know on Twitter or email what what how long you're willing, what kind of transition period you're willing to give this coaching staff, because, like I said, nobody is patient these days at all. Um, but you know, in coaching changes, I think you have to be. But maybe well, I'm, maybe I'm you, being naive. I, don't I know. think particularly in recruiting, and then you know you're always going to look at what you inherited and then how that manifests itself right away. Typically with, with some of the ASU coaching turnovers, it's been better. You know, it's been better early on than maybe you would have anticipated. So I think that's kids buying into the new coach and enough 
in the cupboard <laughs> right. when they arrive that they're able to make it. And, and then maybe just the emotional um, investment that comes from, you know, a, a, a new start. Yep. So we'll see. You know, uh, Manny Wilkins is is going to be a big part of this. I know you you talked to Manny recently and are, are working on a story that's that's going to be a, kind of an update as to where he's at. Um, we've got some other things that we're working on that are coming in July that I, I hope people look for, and um, we'll be to August first here before you know it. It's it's going to go really fast. Yeah. Uh, before we go, let, let's talk about basketball real quick. Bobby Hurley kind of had a mid-season or mid-summer press conference, and we were both there. Um, his top recruits are coming on campus. Uh, Tayshawn Cherry is already here. Uh, Lugensk Dort will be here, I believe, on the 4th of July? The 3rd, July 3rd. So, you know, and, and sportsillustrated.com just put out a list, Jeff, of the top 60 NBA prospects for next year. Uh, Lou Dort was number 42. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. as a fresh coming in as a freshman. So that surprise you there at all? Uh, if I had to say which guy was, he 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 looks like an NBA player right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he, when he came on his visit to ASU and I saw him, I was like, wow, he doesn't need to develop his body He's at all. Six five, right? Six four, six five. Yeah. He if he gets a jump shot his first year. Uh, he's one of those guys. I mean, he's Marcus Smart for the most part, you know, okay. uh, right now, I think. Not, I mean, he's not as talented, obviously, but that's who he'll remind you of um, well, you right off the bat. there's any risk that he could be a one-and-done guy? Or? He'll have to, I think he'll have to really improve his jump shot. And yeah. also, I mean, it's going to be really interesting, uh, you know, because Bobby has kind of a – I mean, I know they lost their three guards, but you have uh, Remy Martin coming back. You have Rob Edwards, Rob the Edwards, Cleveland State chan- transfer. So there's two guards right there. I think Lou will be in there. You know, I think they'll have. I would be surprised if they didn't go with like a three guard set, but uh, and then maybe Cherry and then a big man. But then again, they got you know beat up inside a lot. So I think they have flexibility to go with two bigs, and that that was kind of what Bobby's message was: is he has more lineup versatility than yeah. he's ever had. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of excited. I love the guards, the outgoing guards, don't get me wrong, but the extra size that they're going to have now with Edwards and Dort, um, Remy's obviously smaller, but, you know, I think overall at guard they're going to be bigger, and, you know, I'm kind of interested to see how that, what, what that plays out. He, was, he even mentioned that in kind of a sense of rebounding, yeah. about how that's going to help overall with the rebounding, and, and I think the additional post players, Cheatham, the seven foot one um, kid from Serbia, uh, I mean, I, I just think they've got a chance to be a better rebounding and probably defensive team than, than they were last year. And how often did we watch games where they were getting killed inside for one or both of those reasons in the Pac-12 and games were just getting away from them yeah. because of that? Well, Edwards is 6'4 as well. And I, I, I've probably mentioned this before, but, you know, when I watched, I went there, I don't know if it was like the first practice of last year or maybe it was just off-season workouts. Uh, but the day I watched, and it was the first time I saw Rob um, since he had transferred from Cleveland State. He On that day that I was there, he was the best guard on the court. He was really good. Um, you're right, that size will be will, will be a big factor. But, but, you know, Lou is a guy that just attacks. Um, I mean, he he really attacks the basket. And, of course, you know, he's, uh, he's physical. He can rebound. Um, you know, Remy, you just wind him up and let him go. 
uh, you know, and then we always, no one ever mentions Kamani Lawrence, which we That's never, a really good point because he didn't even come up when didn't. we were talking to Bobby, uh, you know, 10 days ago or so. Yeah. And I regretted that afterwards because we certainly haven't seen the best out of him. Nope. Nope. The, the player that we saw uh, last year practicing leading up to the season was not the player that he showed on the court the entire time. I mean, when he, when he suffered his foot injury and missed, what, the first six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, that really set him back. I mean, he, I mean, he, his first, I mean, he basically his introduction to college basketball was conference play. And that's always difficult. But yeah, I thought about that on the way home too. I'm like, ah, I forgot to ask about yeah. Kamani. So, I, I think, you know, someone asked me, are they a top 25 team? I, I don't know. I think when you lose such so much scoring power, um, you know, there's going to be a little bit of, uh, it's going to take them some time to establish roles. And Bobby did mention that. Um, who's going to be the scorers? Where does the ball go to when they need points? Uh, but, you know, I would put them maybe in the 25 to 35 range right now. Um, so we'll see. There, there are some things that the coaching staff will have to figure out and how to get all those guys, how deep they want the rotation to go. You know, Mickey Mitchell should be a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, Daquan Lake should be better. So they, ha they have a lot of interesting pieces. Yeah. What do you think about Cheatham? Um, he, he came up and Bobby said some good things about him. But um, do you have a sense of how he fits in there? Because they've got a lot of guys that are around the same – height and you know kind of in that what four range right yeah he, four range. How, how, how do you sort all that out he's a guy that I don't really know what to make of yet I know what he brings as a player I remember watching him at San Diego State he's incredible he's their he's their best athlete um you know he, and I would I would play him like inside like a, at a four but you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he Wants to kind of, I mean, everyone wants to get out, roam on the perimeter and shoot threes. Mm -hmm. I think he would be not as effective out there. I would let him use his athletic ability and just be kind of like a, a more skilled uh, Savon Goodman. Do you remember him, mm -hmm. Savon Goodman, the guy yeah. who was here? I mean, he he was, <laughs> he was great on the boards, uh, could get to the foul line, but had absolutely no touch, no shooting touch. Mm -hmm. Well, Zylan has that shooting touch. I think he would be great as just kind of that that energy guy inside, but mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how they're going to use them. Mm -hmm. You know, Mickey could do that, but Mickey could do it on the perimeter or inside. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's another guy. It's like, where, where does he fit in? I'm not sure. Um, but it's going to be really interesting. Um, you yeah. Know. And then, and then you mentioned cherry too. So you got cherry in there too, in that six, eight yeah. forward range. So it, it's definitely going to give them versatility and depth and, um, I think you could see a lot of he, – he mentioned even one point where – might have got this wrong, where he could play an entire lineup of something uh, like well, that. Well, yeah, he could do that. Yeah. He could play uh, Lou at the point. And the, the one thing that I'm not sure they have, which could be their downfall, is perimeter shooting. Mm -hmm. Because um, – because of what you lost. You what you lost. I think, really I think I looked what percentage that Trey Holder, Shannon Evans, and Cody Justice hit, what percentage they accounted for from three-point range, and it was overwhelming. Um, you know, they don't have that guy. You know, Elias Faltonen is a freshman coming in. He's a four-star kid, the, the Finnish kid. He, he, he's known to be a shooter, so – but, you know, I don't know if they have. Rob uh, can shoot, but, you know, he's, he's also really good at, at, at getting to the basket, so – I, if I had to say what's your biggest concern, that would be my biggest concern. Mm -hmm. But, I mean. And you said Dort has to work on his outside shot. That is too. his one area, yeah. yeah. If he had an outside shot, uh, I think more people would be 
you know, there were some recruiting services that have him as a four star. Some had him. I think ESPN was the only one to have him as a five star. But uh, if he had an outside shot, I'm almost certain he would be a five star. And of course, his coaches, I'm sure they're biased all, but uh, they think the only reason he's not a five star is because he's an international kid having mm-hmm. played in Canada. Uh, but you know, every time I see any sort of highlights, and I know not get caught up in the highlights, he, <laughs> he is he is he is a beast. Um, I'm really really excited to see what he can bring. Well, and I know nobody quite knows what this Plavzic seven foot one Serbian can do, but you know, last year he started Scheibel a lot. <laughs> now he didn't play very many minutes, but he started him a lot, and he was trying to get his rotations the way he wanted them and keep a bigger guy out there and stuff like that. So you know, you kind of you got to wonder, you know, can your seven one guy, what 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 can you get out of him? Yeah, um, I mean, just talking to Bobby, I kind of got the impression that you know he was more of a guy that they might have to bring along slowly but you know and then talking to his high school coach he said like yeah if he would you know he just moved here not too long ago um if he would, he said if he would have played over here you know his entire high school career then he would have the big schools would have been after him from from day one so I don't know we'll have to wait and see the big guys usually take a little bit longer to develop I don't know if he'll be ready to play right away but you know I also know that they had the same reservations about Daquan Lake coming out of junior college and he ended up being you know, a fairly solid, uh, you know, Pac-12 big man, at least off the bench. So, uh, you know, and at times I felt like he should probably should have been playing more. So, yeah, we'll see. They'll need they'll need somebody, another outside shooting uh, presence. They'll need Romello White to yeah, take the Romello, next step. We didn't talk about him yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna have to. You know, as much as he gets to the foul line, he's gonna have to start making his free throws. And but uh, definitely some intrigue with that team. There's no question about that. Well, and, you know, you, you loved Holder and Evans and Justice, and you loved what they did, the, the length of time that, well, um, Shannon was only played two years, but basically they were here a long time. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think anybody ever took them for granted, but, you know, that, that's a big hole to replace uh, between those three guys. They, they did a lot. They did. They did. And they're all, you know, right now uh, Trey Holder is, will be with the Philadelphia 76ers in the summer league, and then he has a training camp invite. So for a guy that's not getting drafted, that's about as good as you can get there. Shannon Evans will play for the Houston Rockets uh, summer league team. I traded emails or at least text messages with Cody Justice, and he said he has a couple things that he's considering, um, but he had not decided. And sometimes those things are take time to to figure out. And so I don't know. We'll see what happens for Cody. But uh, you know, I I feel confident all three of those guys will play somewhere. Yeah. You know, maybe not uh, probably overseas, but. Um, they'll make money playing basketball, and there are worse things in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be an exciting school year. I mean, we just finished, but you already can just feel the anticipation growing here for, you know, this coming school year. And um, I'm glad – I'm sure the football coaches are glad they have a little time off. I know you and I are, but, but – I'm, I'm starting to get a little excited, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. to get going again. But, um, yeah, a few more things that we need to report on here over these next few weeks of summer. But uh, once – once practice starts, we'll be out there, and uh, that first month is always kind of a long one, but it will be exciting. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, thanks for listening. As always, you could catch all of our work on azcentral.com. Uh, you know where to follow Jeff on Twitter. Uh, you know where to follow me. Uh, we will probably we'll, – I'm sure we'll do another podcast before practice starts, uh, maybe after Pac-12 Media Day, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks for listening. <laughs>